Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This week's episode is sponsored by ShapeAndFoster.com. Shape and Foster is a lifestyle development app that provides monthly actionable insight from six experts in mental health, financial planning, nutrition, fitness, yoga, and a life coach. It is a one-stop shop for self-improvement. The app provides a proactive and informed approach to improving your mental well-being by enabling consistent practices and habits to be built over time. Lifestyle development is about enhancing your quality of life by improving awareness, identity, and potential. One community of actionable insight. Learn all about the six pillars essential to a healthy heart and healthy mind in one unique app. Visit www.shapeandfoster.com for your free 14-day trial. Everybody, welcome to the stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And on the stack, we talk about a bunch of books that have come out this week. We sure do. We got one that Pete is terrified by. Oh my god, we're starting with this. We're starting with this, Pete. We're going right into it with Ha Ha! All caps number one from Image Comics, written by W. Maxwell Prince, art and cover by Vanessa Del Rey. Now, the reason I put it right here at the front of the stack is this is by. W. Maxwell Prince, who also wrote Ice Cream Man, our number one book of 2020. This is his follow-up book. He talked about it live on the show when we had him on as a guest. So I feel like there's a fair amount of hype regardless in the real world about this, let alone here on our little old podcast. So the old. This is a different sort of anthology. This is not about the Ice Cream Man. This is about clowns. This is still an anthology telling Dead One stories, I believe, uh, about these different characters. And obviously it goes very dark. Uh, but uh, what did you think about not just this book, but how it holds up compared to Ice Cream Man? I think it definitely – it's great. If you're a fan of Ice Cream Man, I think you will like this book as well. It's nice to see um, a story that is a little bit tonally different. I feel like Ice Cream Man has sort of a supernatural uh, dread to it, and this has just more of an existential dread to it, which is a, just a subtle shift in flavor. The difference <laughs> between a pistachio um, with chocolate chip and a pistachio without chocolate chip. Um, but the art is different, uh, which I appreciate, and I really like the first story. Pete, how'd you feel about this? Were you too scared to read it? It was very scary. I had to make sure I read it during the day uh, with plenty had of to light. Empty that bladder out first. Uh, so you didn't I, pee, pee your pants. This, yeah, this is just insane. This is really just 
it, it, what was nice is you th- kind of think you understand it, and then it kind of takes a couple more turns. So it was uh, creatively impressive. Uh, but the just the fact of, like, this is the person who did Ice Cream Man, like, the tone underneath it was very troubling and scary and intense. So there was a lot of creepy stuff going on all the time. Um yeah, the art was glorious. Uh, the storytelling was impressive, but I am very scared to see what's going to happen if this is the beginning. I like this quite a bit. I thought this was really good. Uh, like you guys are saying, uh, for those who didn't pick it up, I felt whether purposeful or not, this felt like a very specific response to Joker to me mm. because it's oh, about a clown who is down and out and pushed to his limits. And then the what movie does he Joker. do next? The movie Joker. Yes. Uh, pushed to his limits. What does he do next? It goes in very different directions, obviously, than the movie goes. Um, but it does go to this very dark place. It doesn't back off from the realism of it. Uh, but uh, like Pete was touching on, Vanessa Del Rey's art goes through these really different art styles that are very gritty and realistic, some that are cartoony. So there's a real uh, breadth of to the art there that I thought was really nice. Uh, and it does feel different from Ice Cream Man, like Justin was saying, which I thought was nice to see as well. Uh, even if you haven't read that book, even if you had no interest, uh, even if you were scared of clouds, uh, this is really good. I mean, I will say, I know I mentioned in the lead up to this book that my wife was a clown, so I was going to throw this by her, but this is a different type of clown. You know, it's just like more of a party clown type t- thing I'm going glad, on. I'm glad well, we're talking we'll about see. this because something that, uh, you know, I touched upon uh, last uh, ep- uh, episode. I don't know if the live show or the stack or whatever. Who knows? Uh, we do too podcasts. Go ahead, Pete. Uh, I'm worried about your children because your wife is a clown. You are an evil genius. I, what are your children going to turn into? You know what I mean? Like, I am very worried that I'm growing up in a world where it's going to be the birth of some kind of, like, Joker-type character. You know I, I'm mean? worried you're raising some sort of insane clown posse. <laughs> <laughs> is that possible? Uh, yeah. My, the other day, this is really weird. My son said, hey, do you want some Fago? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know what that means, but yes, please. Uh, nice. I feel like they've got a big weekend planned um, uh, later this summer. Um, I want to give a shout out to the movie Quick Change, which I feel like may have been an inspiration for this comic, a Bill Murray movie. Yeah. From the 90, from like 1990 or something like that. Regardless, very good book. Definitely pick it up. Next up, King and Black Thunderbolts, number one from Marvel, written by Matthew Rosenberg, art by Juan Ferreria. Bergie. Uh, as you, as what? Bergie. Bergie. <laughs> You just, you just love shouting things in the moment of talking. Yeah. Uh, if uh, if you haven't been picking it up, uh, this is taking place during the King Black event, where Dull, the god of the symbiotes, has taken over New York City. Here, Kingpin gathers a group of villains to try to take down Null, or at the very least, start the process of taking down Null. In classic Matthew Rosenberg fashion, things don't go very well. There's a bunch of sad sack, horrible villains, but a lot of people die in this book. Uh, this feels like Marvel's answer to Suicide Squad 100%. in the best way. The movie. I had a lot of fun reading this. Agreed. This was great. Uh, I was really into the star character in uh, her standalone series from uh, last year, so it was great to see her on this team. And uh, just great story. Loved everything that happened. Great panel where you get to see uh, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, 
yeah. kicking ass in the middle, and they're like, yeah, let's get away from this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I feel like this is a great kind of story, but also the art is really fantastic in a lot of different ways. It's cool to see Kingpin out of a suit, like he's rocking like a starter jacket and like a polo shirt, um, and but casually still running things like Kingpin. Um, it, yeah, it, there, there's a lot of fun being had in this book um, that is completely insane and over the top. But uh, yeah, this is a fun issue. Yeah, I've been a little 50-50 about some of the tie-ins. The Venom stuff feels necessary. The King in Black stuff feels necessary. But a lot of stuff feels with this event feels very side to the event to me. Mm. This is side to the event, but I had a blast reading it anyway. And I think that makes it worth checking out. Next up. Let's go into our Future State block. We did this last week for the first week of Future State. We read and talked about not all the books, but some of our favorites. Uh, But once again this week, we read all of the books in DC's Future State, which shows us a possible future of the DC Universe. Uh, So I'd love to go to you guys, given that we read, I'll just read the titles and then we can read the creative teams later. We read Teen Titans, Green Lantern, Kara Zor-El, Superwoman, Robin Eternal, Justice League, Superman, Wonder Woman, Dark Detective. Those are the ones that came out this week. Uh, What jumped out at you? What did you particularly like that you thought was the standout this week or standouts? Uh, it, It occurs to me reading a lot of these books that this event feels so much like the 2099 line that Marvel did many, many years oh, ago. Good call. Yeah. Um, especially the Dark Detective uh, book and Robin Eternal in this batch. And I liked both of these books. Uh, Robin Eternal uh, uh, brings in Spoiler um, and some of the um, – was it uh, Robin Incorporated? Was that the name of it? Or uh, uh, I forget the team of all the, all the Robins. It was a book for a we while. We Are Robin. We Are Robin. That's what it is. Yes. Uh, just uh, to mention the uh, creative teams Robin. behind those since we're talking about it is uh, Robin Eternal is written by Megan Fitzmartin, art by Eddie Barrows. Dark Detective is written by Mariko Tabaki and Matthew Rosenberg. Once again, uh, art by Burgay. Dan Mora from Once in Future, one of our favorites here, and Carmine, Carmine D. Uh, Gian Domenico. Um, go ahead, Justin. Sorry about that. Uh, and, and no, great. Um, and Dark Detective, I feel like is almost a direct analog to Spider-Man 2099 number one, which is a great book. Really enjoyed this. And then the backup that you uh, you were just mentioning, the team behind it, um, uh, I think is Matt Rosenberg with the Grifter story, which I also enjoyed. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not mad at this event. Like, this has been some very interesting reading. Uh, you know, I've been reading DC for most of my life, and some of the stuff in here is really great. Uh, the Superwoman art was just really unbelievable. Good. The character yeah. design, it was just nice to be reading a DC book and being like, wow, is this really a DC book? The the colors and the stuff was just so cool. Um, uh, just to, while you're calling it out, uh, Kara Zarel Superwoman is by Marguerite uh, Bennett and art by Marguerite Savage, who I believe was the team behind the DC Bombshells line as well. Mm. So there's definitely a sense of that going on. But go ahead, Pete. And, yeah, I I just think that, like, even the Future State Green Lantern, um, you know, we we still got, you know, they didn't, I was hoping it wouldn't be, you know, the actual Green Lantern to be the Green Lantern that we uh, really like. But uh, there's still, like, a lot of creative stuff happening uh, that, you know, and maybe, you know, it's, I, I, I don't know everything, but, like, uh, <laughs> like, the I was really, the Teen Titans book, uh, Beast Boy is also part 
a cyborg and uh robin is rocking what looked like a taskmaster belt uh, uh but like it uh, deathstroke it, yeah um, but it same looked, character, basically. Well, Slade <laughs> Wilson, but like the belt has the T that looks exactly like Taskmaster's belt. But like, you know, that kind of stuff aside, Termin- Terminator. I, I was like, oh my god, this is a ton of books that we have to read that Zalvin just dumped in our laps to make us read. But I ended up being very <laughs> happy read. Uh, that we had to do this. Um, and also, I'm still really loving the this new Wonder Woman. Uh, yeah, um, well, Alex, you haven't said anything yet. Why don't you go? No, that's fine. Uh, I mean, I agree with a lot of those picks that I think were really good. Like, Mariko Tabaki, like you said, A Dark Detective was awesome. This book yeah. is about Bruce Wayne is left for dead. Of course, he's not quite dead. So who does he become next? Uh, the Matthew Rosenberg Grifter story, again, a really fun story there. Um, I agree with you about Robin Eternal. I was surprised about that one, how yeah. much that I like that. Just yeah. a really good Tim Drake spoiler story, and I was definitely reading that being like oh justin likes this one yeah uh, but the one that stood out to me that i was really surprised about was future state superman wonder woman number one uh. uh written by dead waters art by Leila del duca uh and this is so like pete said i think like wonder woman clearly this new wonder woman has been the standout here of this event she's definitely the one that everybody hooked into they're developing it for the cw as a wonder girl show um but she's great she's fun john kent is fun the tone of this is just so this wonder woman is i believe they haven't been totally uh upfront about everything that's going on uh but she seems to be from some sort of South American god pantheon, but also the Olympian pantheon. Like Zeus is her dad, but somebody else is her mom. Uh, so she's dealing with the sun god there, who ends up having a race with, is it Solaris? Solaris, Solaris yeah. Solaris, yeah. Solaris, and that uh, conversation Superman has with Solaris, really. So fun. We're just Superman and uh, Wonder Woman are on the ground being like, well, this is messing up the entire Earth because of the tides and everything that's going on. Well, these two sun gods are having a race around the earth. Just the whole tone of it was so surprisingly light and enjoyable. Uh, I had a blast reading this book. Also, which I, one, Justin, you were pointing at me. Which one did you think I was going to call out? I thought you were going to call out Justice League number one, which is yeah. I really liked. That's um, that's exactly what I thought he was going to say. I also was. Uh, yeah, I really like Justice League and Justice League Dark. And I also yeah. like the that kind was of great. last so page that was, reveal. Uh, Joshua Williamson writing the Justice League story. Ram V writing the, the Justice League Dark story. Uh, Rorson Rocha on the first story. Um, Marcio Takara on the second story. Uh, and yeah, I I like the Justice League story. I thought that was a lot of fun. That was all about like the fallout of the Justice League messing up and being ruined. What happened? Also, had the right Green Lantern on that one. Yeah, we got our <laughs> N.K. Jemison Green Lantern. Yeah. Which is awesome. Uh, but the Justice League Dark Story was fantastic in yeah. that backup there. So yeah. good. I like both of these stories. I like the um, – they do a great job of really giving us context um, for the first Justice League story and then just moving quickly through the story in a fun way by getting this idea out that they're not supposed to talk to each other. They're not supposed to have secret I- – they're supposed to maintain their secret identities. But they're all breaking those rules. Really great. As opposed to some of the ones that I thought were harder to read were the Teen Titans one and the Green Lantern one because I was like, what is happening? There was very little context given up at the top and they felt like 
dumping us into a story that I didn't quite know was happening. Well, this is, uh, I think this is an interesting week two thing in particular with the Green Lantern one. Teen Titans is like, there seems to be a disparity in terms of time period with some of these, where some, the Earth is a paradise, some, the Earth is ruined. It's not quite clear how they connect to each other. Which one are we living in? Uh, a little bit of both. Okay, column A, cool, column cool. B. There you Teen go. Titans is by Tim, Sher- Tim Sheridan and Rafa Sandoval. Uh, Green Lantern is by Jeffrey Thorne, Ryan Cady, Ernie Altbacker. Art by Tom Rainey, Sam Basai, and Clayton Henry. Uh, we get three stories in the Green Lantern one. That was definitely one where I felt like we're just dropped in the middle with a John Stewart story. You don't know exactly what's going on. They're fighting a new villain. The second one, it felt like it started to become a little clearer as we follow Jessica Cruz is fighting some um, uh, Yellow Lantern, some of the Sinestro Corps, and it, ter- it becomes clearer that like the rings have failed. At some point, the Green Lantern rings stopped working, and it becomes even clearer in the third story, which was my favorite of that book, uh, which follows Guy Gardner. He's on a random alien planet as his ring fails, and he can't leave the planet, so he kind of makes the best of it. That story I thought was a lot of fun, personally. Yeah, that I did. That one was very fun. Uh, but there you go. Uh, good stuff from the future state. Uh, surprisingly, yeah. like we've been talking about, a, a strong event going into week two. Really? Yeah. Uh, next up, let's talk about what, one of Justin's favorite books, I imagine, this week, Homestick, Homesick Pilots, number two from Image Comics, written by Dan Waters and art by Casper Wingard. Uh, in the first issue of this book... We met a punk band, maybe something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. One of them got possessed by a haunted house. A bunch of other folks got bands, killed though. by that haunted house. And at the end of the book, we found out the one that was possessed by the haunted house was traveling around finding relics that had been taken out of the house. And that's where we pick up this issue. Uh, this title is awesome. I so love good. It. It comes from such a strong point of view, like such confidence writing this story, which is like a little wild. Like you're getting into all this like band and music stuff all at the same time, a very specific type of ghost story or horror story. Um, And the way this issue plays out is like super fun, super unique, sad at points. And it's setting up um, some real tension for uh, the characters going forward. Also, I'm glad it really explains why people hang a horseshoe uh, above the door, you know, like we really get the kind of uh, where that all got started and why people do that. This is all true stuff. But what if the horses come back for their shoes? Yeah, it reminds me a little bit. I don't know if this is exactly correct. It reminds me a little bit of like Scott Pilgrim meets Lock and Key. uh, Okay. Because... Yeah, well, because you got the, like, by, uh, this is a spoiler, but we find out by the end of the issue, our main character has to track down six relics oh, from, for the haunted house. Oh, don't spoil it. Well, hold on. But six relics from the haunted house. We get some teaser of some very creepy things that are going on there. We get some big fights. Um, but there's this whole mythology being built out here that is fascinating to read, and it really feels like something completely fresh and new in a very exciting way. Yeah, the shot of the horseshoe ghost once it's oh. returned to the house was very oh. Gabriel Rodriguez, I thought. In yes. a great yeah. Way. yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. Definitely pick up this book. This is a good one to get on the ground floor of. Next up, yes. King in Black, Gwen, uh, Gwenum, I think, uh, Gwenum. versus Cardums. Uh, number one from Marvel, written by Shadow McGuire, art by Flaviano. Uh, this is, again, tying into the King Black event here. We're getting our alternate universe. Uh, Gwen Stacy is uh, going into the fray. 
As you could probably guess from the title, she ends up fighting Carnage by the end, but not the Carnage you know. Uh, what do you think about this tie-in? I like it a lot. I've been a huge fan of uh, the Spider-Gwen and now Gwenum um, and all the different iterations. It's a pretty wild story at this point that she is a Gwen Stacy who um, held Peter Parker when he, um, he died in her arms um, and became a Spider-Girl, Spider-Woman. And then um, in this, in her Earth, um, there's a little bit of gender swapping with a lot of characters and just slightly alternate takes with everybody. Then she had a Venom from her Earth. She's now in our Earth and dealing with um, a lot of uh, other Venoms in this issue, including a surprising person who becomes Carnage by the end. I liked it. Pete? Yeah, I mean, you know, they make comics for different people, and the important part <laughs> is that, you know, everybody gets to enjoy what they like, and you know, that's what awesome. don't you like about this? Not enough venoms? You need more symbiotes here? No, I just, you know, uh, you know, Gwenum is, you know, I cool for people, you know. I not one of my favorite characters. And uh, you know, hey, awesome for other people. Just not my cup of tea and I respect, <laughs> you know, people want to make comics that they want to read and then, you know, you get to pick what you want to pick, you know. You sound so yeah. sad right now, Pete. I I like this book uh, a lot more than I thought I would. Um, I do like uh, Spider-Gwen or Ghost Spider or whatever we're calling her. I think she's good. Uh, this is a good tie, and it feels natural to bring her into this, given her status quo. Uh, and I think in particular the art by Flaviato is really good. Art is great. Uh, yeah. And very uh, very consistent with the Gwen Stacy uh, Ghost Spider book, if you read that. Next up, Sweet Tooth, the return number three from DC Comics by Jeff Lemire. Uh, this is continuing the story of whatever is going on with this new Gus, who might be the old Gus. We're not quite clear, uh, who is being tracked out of this post-apocalypse that's living under the earth. Um Man, uh, this book is so wild to read, particularly in reference and bouncing off of what's happening with Sweet Tooth. Uh, it's fascinating. Justin, I know you were a little conflicted, I think, about the second issue. How'd you feel about the third one? Uh, I mean, I still I still like the book. It, it's funny. It, it feels like just a sped up version of the original series in a way. And I do think we're going to get um, probably next issue the reveal that it is um, – that this Gus is a clone of the original Gus, and it's sort of like someone trying to re-engineer a uh, religious event for all these people and return to the Earth and all of that. And so uh, I think that's a, a cool story, um, but it definitely feels like we're digging up fossils that we were there for when they were buried, no way. if that makes sense. This was an awesome, awesome issue. Earl was is my new favorite thing. This was this is a large elephant man who kills people. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Earl was just such a badass and such a fun addition to this book. I mean, the the fuck me Earl is loose just before his head gets ripped off. Uh, that's just great. Uh, that's just great comics. That's just fun stuff. Um, yeah, it, kind of a creepy reveal of the kind of like you know tube versions of him. Um, but uh, I think this is uh, this is a very interesting kind of book, as it does kind of speed through this, which I it's it says three to six, like they don't have time for this shit. So I appreciate the fact that it's fast fast forward a little bit. Of course, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying that's just what it feels like. Yeah. So I that's definitely a pull quote for the cover. I don't have time for this shit. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, I really like this a lot. Uh, it's just, it's a weird read to your point, Justin. I'm curious to, I'm more curious to reflect on it when it's done and how it works in relationship to the first Sweet Tooth uh, more than anything else. Uh, next up, A Man Among Ye, number four from Image Comics, written by Stephanie Phillips, art by Craig Surback. This is ending this title, I believe, for now. Uh, it focuses on a bunch of female pirates who are teaming together. We finally get that team in this issue as they try to rescue one of their boyfriends, I guess is the best <laughs> way of putting it. Uh, Pete, you've been a big fan of this series, yeah, right? Yeah, this is, this is really great. And uh, I think this ends really well. It's a little heartbreaking what kind of happens, but uh, I've been really impressed with the action. I, I love the storytelling. Um, and I think this is a really kind of cool way of everybody kind of coming together here at the end so we can kind of get more adventures, hopefully. But I thought this was a great kind of uh, fun pirate story uh, with some cool twists in it to kind of update it. And uh, I I appreciate a lot of the rage and what was happening. Justin, what about you? Some comics are for Pete and some (laughs) comics are for Justin. And uh, and some comics are for Alex. And this one, uh, this one's fine. I have I think I said last time, like, I'm not a crazy fan of this. It, reading this issue, it feels very much like um, like an old black and white Disney movie um, in its uh, sort of storytelling and uh, style. And that's once I was like, ah, I think that's what this the vibe is here. I enjoyed it more, but um, it's all right. I, uh, I would have honestly wanted a little more from it. Uh, I want to kind of want to see where it goes. And maybe now that this team is all together, where it goes in a second arc. Yes. Uh, excited about that. Uh, but art by Craig Serback was good. I think the writing was solid. Um, I had a fun time reading this. Next up, The Immortal Hulk, number 42 from Marvel, written by Al Ewing, art by Alex Linz and Adam Gotham. Uh, Gotham? Gotham, perhaps? Oh, interesting. And on a Marvel book. That's weird. I think it's Gortham. Gortham. Uh, uh, Gorham, actually. Gorham? Wow. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Uh, anyway. Actually, it's uh, Jones, I think is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Gorham. Uh, so then this issue, we're getting a split focus between Henry Gurich is taking over Gamma Flight. I think it's Gyrick. Gyrick? Have I been Definitely. pronouncing it wrong my entire life? Yes. Jesus Christ. It's pronounced Wade von Gerberg. <laughs> I want that on a uh, Anyway, some guy <laughs> is taking Gamma Flight to task. Meanwhile, the leader is trying to figure out why he can't get the whole taking over the world, immortal Hulk thing to work for him. Uh, he figures out some stuff by the end. Uh, so does Gamma Flight. Uh, lots of stuff going on here. Lots of movement to this issue. Uh, what do you guys think? I, I, uh, I, this book is great. It continues to be great. This feels very much like a sort of middle uh, type issue. So it's not mm-hmm. the like big move, uh, big moves happening. I do like the reveal that our, uh, our newspaper reporter, who's been an ongoing character um, in this run, has been affected by um, the gamma rays. Um, that's a, a big turn in reveal. And I love, love the reveal at the end. Pete, what about you? Yeah, I mean, this, it continues to be gross and creepy in all the right ways. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, we got the leader trying to kind of figure things out a little bit in this issue, and then uh, some other storylines going on. Uh, yeah, just the monster stuff is so insane, uh, and and this stuff. So uh, I'm interested to see where this is going. It continues to be a really solid uh, book. Yeah, I love this as well. My one caveat that uh, I was weirdly oh. struck with this issue, I wish... I know that they can't because they got to release a whole book every month. I wish that they would have waited for Joe Bennett to do all of it because Joe Bennett's art mm. is so phenomenal and his designs are so disgusting in exactly the right way that whenever he does an issue, it's heads and tails above everything else. And we've gotten some phenomenal stuff as well. I think the art in this was good. Alex Linz, Adam Gorham, you say? I, I don't I think you got to give it up for some Gorham. Yeah, uh, both really good things across the board. Uh, but uh, man, there's something like slightly missing in terms of the fucked upness of Joe Bennett's art in this issue uh, that I would have wanted a little bit more. But I also think this issue wasn't about that. This issue was sort of sure. dealing with some of the other characters. So we, uh, if we're going to take a break from the um, the crazy body stuff, um, I'm fine having another artist jump on. But I got to get up for Al Ewing for really plumbing all the depths of the Hulk mm-hmm. villains to hit all the all the weirdest marks. Uh, and we do it again here. Yes, I, I agree with you on that cliffhanger. Let's move on and talk about American Vampire 1976, number four from DC Comics, written by Scott Snyder, art by Raphael Albuquerque. Uh, in this Kirky. issue, we're ramping, th- <laughs> ramping things up in a big way. As our heroes, I guess, question mark, yes. uh, sort of try to start to figure out how they can stop the apocalypse. Things get worse before they get better. What would you guys think about this issue? This was a, a really amazing, fun issue. Uh, loved the, 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 the crazy team up. Uh, really intense last page. Uh, the art is, you know, really unbelievable. This, uh, this like was really clicking for me. I really enjoyed this issue. If you walk in a room where the chairs are too big, get out of there. Because someone's yeah. coming home. Yeah, that's, in those that's big a good ass note. Chairs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I broke into a house one time, and there was a chair that was too big, and there was a chair that was too small. But then there was one chair that was just right. And that's the one that I sat oh. in and that I broke And in. then the bears came home and murdered you like your name was Archie? Yep. <laughs> that was a lot of things all at the same time, Pete. Interesting <laughs> that you were in a house... With bear, the bear zone. I got totally bear zoned, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got boned. Yes. Yep. Uh, yeah, great book. Uh, really awesome. Every issue. Let's move on and talk about Seven <laughs> Secret. Yes, what? No, I do. I really like this book. Um, Scott Sinatra has such a mastery of these characters and uh, – yeah, I think it's building up to something really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, uh, I guess the main thing is just like it is wild to me that they uh, started with something so relatively simple as there's a different type of vampires. And now it's like every monster. But yeah. I love it. It's fun to read. Seven Secrets, number six from Boob Studios, written by Tom Taylor, art by Danielle DiNicolo. We have wondered the entire series, the what these secrets are. They've just kind of talked about what the secrets are. Finally, we get an inkling of what is going on with them the secret. Uh, as our heroes get attacked by the keepers, the villains, uh, manage to escape at the last second, and we open up the mythology of the book in a really big and very weird way. Um, 
I thought this issue was not only just great as the series has been, but very necessary in terms of the run because there's only so long you can keep these secrets yeah, secret yeah, from exactly. the reader before it starts to get annoying uh, and they start to really pull back the veil here. Yeah, uh, uh, it's great to hear secrets. Go ahead. I was really impressed because I was like, man, it's the sixth issue when we're finally getting a little taste of the secrets. I was like, there's no way the buildup. But the fact that it is such a huge kind of like thing that happens when they open up one of the cases, I was like, okay, great. This is worth it. This is totally insane. The action's over the top. Uh, this, It's really interesting how something can start uh, one place and kind of end up here. Uh, it's really impressive, the writing and the storytelling. It's, it's great. Um, yeah, I, uh, I feel like Tom Taylor set out at the beginning of this book and was like, I'm going to write a comic that is truly an anime that is like very much, um, in the style of an anime series or anime movie. And that's what this is. This feels very much like, um, it's in all the right made Taylor made to be, I get it. Taylor made to be an anime uh, film. Uh, let's move on and talk about Sword Number Two from Marvel, written by Al Ewing, art by Valerio Shidi. Uh, this is also tying into the King Black event, though it's not necessarily labeled as such, I believe, on the cover. But this is following how it's affecting the X Men side of the world, and things get real bad by the end here with this weird de facto team of folks. Uh, what'd you think, Pete? Sure, uh, <laughs> Justin. Um, yes, um, this was, uh, a weirder, <laughs> like we were talking about with the, the, the King and Black stuff. This definitely feels like it's a fair distance away from the main storyline, but it's a fun, random team of X-Men. Um, and it's nice to, to read a book with Al Ewing, uh, sort of dabbling around in the X-Men world. Um, I like the, the place this ends. I like to see these characters like random like uh, Magneto sort of feels like older Magneto, uh, Sebastian Shaw. Like we haven't seen these characters in a while. So I enjoyed seeing them in this book. Pete. Um, yeah. You know, it's, uh, Ewing's doing amazing stuff on Hulk. Uh, so, you know, like uh, <laughs> cool. Uh, this, this is wild. This is like straight out of the nineties X-Men book. Uh, it's very different from a lot of the other X-Men stuff. Uh, and it is tangential. I mean, it's all of them living on the sword spade station and trying to figure out like basically reasons why they should not go fight. Null, the King in black yeah. is essentially what happens to this issue. But it is one of those books where I'm reading. I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember that character from the nineties. Okay. That's cool. Um, but like you said, good cliffhanger at the end that definitely makes me excited to read issue three. And last but not least, Bloodshot number 10 from Valiant Comics, written by Tim Seeley, art by Brett Booth and Pedro Andreo. Uh, this is a book that straight up feels like it's trying to capitalize off the massive success of the Bloodshot movie that never happened. Uh, but, yeah. uh, but regardless, Tim Seeley is doing his best here to do, put out a fun over-the-top, insane, cinematic bloodshot book. Yeah, and I think he is succeeding. Like, I like a lot of the moves in this book. I mean, aren't we all uh, strung out bloodshot who comes back in the middle of the issue oh, and yeah. tries to pick a fight, but he doesn't have enough protein. Yeah, That's what we're Classic. all living in right now. And I uh, like the line, come on, you Jared Leto-looking motherfucker. Yeah, that's great. Very funny. <laughs> that's just Tim Seeley. Tim Seeley does a, yeah. 
does a great job of um, combining great action with some fun it's lines. It's wild how much happens in this book. It feels yeah. like three entire arcs of a bloodshot comic happening within 20-something pages, which is an insane pace to read. Um, but it's fun. I, I enjoyed it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he eats your protein. T- Tim Silly's a great writer. Uh, you know, he adds humor uh, to all the right things. Bloodshot to me is not one of my favorite characters. The movie didn't help that at all. So I, I thought this was kind of a, a more interesting take, but it was very uh, fast paced. But um, I had some great lines in it. Well, let me ask you, Pete. What don't you like about him? That he's like Deadpool, a character you like, or the Punisher, another character you like? <laughs> I just, I don't, like, he can't, I just, I don't know what it is, man. All right? I don't know. You don't like nanites? There's just tiny robots. Yeah. Don't trust them. He he kills people and eats meat. What is there that you don't like about that? Okay. You know, on paper, it seems like I should love this guy. I get it, guys. Uh, Tim Seeley, one of your faves. Oh, yeah. Touchy-feely Tim Seeley. His name is Bloodshot. Blood and shot are two of your top ten words. Yeah, it's okay, guys. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, whenever we used to go out to bars, you'd be like, I love a bloodshot. And we would all drink <laughs> blood with you because that's what you demanded. Yep. And then you would shout, Dracul! Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, folks, I think that's it for the stack. If you'd like to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to we Comcast sure and YouTube. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com. For this podcast and many more, until next time, that's it for the stack. Yeah! Round of blood shots, baby. Oh